and so then, but then, you know, students started showing me YouTube videos and then someone showed me Pathoma and it really sort of was like a light bulb moment where I said, you know, maybe I should start making some short videos and putting them up on the web and people would want to watch them. So I started out and I made about 40 videos just in cardiology. That's what I start with. Each one was about 20 minutes and it had everything from embryology to EKGs to endocarditis. Uh, but I really tried to build the lectures the same way I used to build my lectures to the students. You know, I really figured out what was in first aid, what I thought a first and second year student needed to know. And I tried to make the video just right for that level. Hey everyone and welcome to the show. My name is Danny Sullivan and in this episode, myself along with my co-host Ryan interview Dr. Jason Ryan who is very well known among medical students for being the creator of Boards and Beyond, a very uh, comprehensive resource for studying for step one. Dr. Jason Ryan trained in internal medicine and cardiology at Hartford's Beth Israel Dickiness Medical Center, where he also served as the chief resident. In addition to his MD, he holds a master's in public health degree and a bachelor of science degree in chemical engineering. He is a faculty member at the University of Connecticut School of Medicine in Farmington, Connecticut. Dr. Ryan has been teaching for years about topics from basic science to advanced clinical medicine. As a chief resident, he trained house officers in all areas of internal medicine covering subjects from eye disorders to dermatology. As a medical school professor, he has directed the organ systems course for first-year students where he taught cardiovascular, renal, and pulmonary physiology. He has led students through discussions in the anatomy lab, dissections in the anatomy lab. He has also taught the second year mechanisms of disease course where he lectures on pharmacology and pathology of vascular disorders. Dr. Ryan is an annual participant in his school's board prep course for the USMLE Step 2. He has received numerous teaching awards over his career from his students. I hope you enjoy this interview with Dr. Jason Ryan. And like I said before we started, I was saying that I wanted to be confusing, so I got a Ryan and I got a Dr. Ryan just to keep people on their toes. Um, are you, so Dr. Ryan, are you from, you live in Connecticut, right? Are yes, you from that's Connecticut, right. Are you from Connecticut originally? Yes. I grew up in a part of Connecticut, a town in Connecticut called Trumbull, uh, graduated from Trumbull High School, um, and now I live in West Hartford, which is the town right next to Farmington, where the University of Connecticut Medical School is. Awesome. And you are a cardiologist, am I correct? That's right. Yep. I'm a general okay. cardiologist. So, you know, uh, you guys know a lot about my teaching. Um, but really what I spend a lot of my time doing is stuff that every cardiologist does, taking care mm -hmm. of patients with heart disease and heart problems and things like that. So you're still, you're still practicing um, while you're managing boards and beyond then? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, my job is a mixture of teaching and taking care of patients. So I, I do a, a bit of both each week. And obviously, Boards and Beyond is something that's sort of been my pet project, uh, mm -hmm. where I sort of devote time that maybe someone else might have devoted to research or, or something along those lines. I've sort of carved that time out and spent it over the last few years building Boards and Beyond. And do you still teach at um, medical school as well? I do. Yep. No, we have a flipped classroom uh, model now, which we can talk about if you want. And um, of course, so uh, uh, we have medical students in teams and they are presented with cases they have to talk about. And I lead students through a, a bunch of those cases every year. How has that how has that been for that flipped classroom session? Have, have you seen a, a, a difference from before 
they did that until now? Yeah, yeah it's a great question. So I, when I went, because I'm teaching at UConn, the same place I went to medical school, mm-hmm. um, and even some of the faculty who taught me are still there. So I had the old curriculum, which was a traditional cu- curriculum, three, four hours of lecture every day. And the only time you weren't in lecture was for occasional labs and things like that. And uh, there were a lot of people in my class who complained about that curriculum. Either it was boring, not stimulating, the lectures weren't good. I, I'm sure at your own schools you have people who, who have these kind of gripes. Um, so right. we went to the new curriculum with the idea being, as you may know, students are given a, a topic like tomorrow we're going to learn about uh, heart failure. And they're given a bunch of uh, resources that they can go to to learn about it. And then they come to class and they break up into teams and we actually go through actual problems. And it sounds fantastic on paper. How it works out sort of (laughs) depends on, uh, just like the old curriculum really depended on the lecture. You know, some of the lectures were Mm -hmm. fantastic and some weren't. Uh, That problem hasn't gone away with the new curriculum. It's the same thing. So uh, if you have a lecturer who's really got the right skill set to come up with questions that are appropriate for students at first or second year level and very good at understanding where they might trip up and helping walk them through it. It works fantastic and, and they love it. We also have uh, some parts that students aren't happy with and in my view it's sort of the same as in the old curriculum. It's just somebody doesn't quite have the right skill set for it and questions aren't designed right and students get frustrated. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah well from what I understand there's a lot of schools that are moving to that sort of teaching style. It's very popular. If you go to national meetings of medical education, it's the cutting edge. It's what everyone's talking about. There's a lot of research that if learning is active, people learn more. So a lecture is very passive. So schools are trying to make it active. um, But I think it's a learning curve to figure out exactly what works. You know, just just switching from a lecture on the brainstem to a flipped classroom TBL on the brainstem doesn't necessarily all of a sudden make the brainstem fun to learn. Uh, You know, you have to sort of have the right the right setup, the right questions, the right activities. Well, I know there's well, for me, I guess I just don't really well. I, I don't really learn that well from lecture. I'll get done with the lecture and remember maybe you know five percent and so i mean that'd be yeah but i guess other people really love going to the lectures and things but yeah so let's let's talk a little bit about boards and beyond um so i um i use boards and beyond and i've been using it for a couple months and i'm just winding down to my first uh, semester of medical school ryan here have you ever have you used boards and beyond you know what? I had it until uh, you gave me a, a call, and Dr. Ryan, I have to say, I went and and uh, checked out a few of your videos. I'll be subscribing here shortly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think I I stumbled upon it when we were in the immune system, and we were learning about the complement system, and uh, we didn't have a lecture on it, but we had like this reading uh, that we had to do to learn about the complement system. It's like this twelve-page reading, and I had a test like the next day. So I was probably procrastinating somehow. Anyways, I stumbled upon uh, your video about the complement system on Boards and Beyond, and I was like immediately hooked. And I think I subscribed like the next day. So, <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so I know that Boards and Beyond is considered, you know, one of the most comprehensive resources for Step One. But can you explain, like, for someone who's never even heard of Boards and Beyond, what what Boards of Beyond is? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to just sort of tell you how I created it. So it's about four years old. And in the before UConn switched to its current flipped classroom model, 
uh, I would give lectures, standard one-hour lectures, um, and the, the students really liked them. People have always told me I have a good way of explaining things, that the language I use is easy to follow, and so the students mm -hmm. liked the lectures. And those lectures used to be videotaped um, so that students could watch them later. Um, in fact, a lot of people didn't come to class. They just watched the video ones. So a bunch of my students told me that they watched my videos three, four, or five times before their step one exam and that it was so helpful. There were so, such and such number of questions that came right from your lecture. Uh, thank you so much, you know, Dr. Ryan. Mm -hmm. So, and I always thought um, that I wished I had a way to explain more things to students, but if you don't know medical school politics, I mean, there are a lot of teachers who are who are part of the medical school, and they can't just say, Dr. Ryan, teach everything, you know, so I, I, I shared right. that I shared the teaching with other teachers, I, I didn't mind, but I just mean, this is just the way it was. Um, and so then, but then, you know, students started showing me YouTube videos, and then someone showed me Pathoma. And it really sort of was like a light bulb moment where I said, you know, maybe I should start making some short videos and putting them up on the web and people would want to watch them. So I started out and I made about 40 videos just in cardiology. That's what I start with. Each one was about 20 minutes and it had everything from embryology to EKGs to endocarditis. Uh, but I really tried to build the lectures the same way I used to build my lectures to the students. You know, I really figured out what was in first aid, what I thought a first and second year student needed to know, and I tried to make the video just right for that level. Um, and in, in the beginning, uh, we put them up on the site. Uh, nobody bought it, of course, because it was new and unheard <laughs> of. But we gave out a lot of free accounts. And, you know, it was getting a lot of views. And people started emailing me saying, you know, can you make more? Can you make more? Um, and so there are other things that I had taught, like you mentioned in my bio, when I was a chief resident or in other courses. So I started making videos on some topics in renal and in pulmonary, and they all just kept getting lots and lots of views. And so eventually what I kind of decided to do was just make videos on every topic. Um, it took a long time. I sort of chipped away at it, you know, adding a few videos every month. But now uh, it's basically got videos for all the major subjects that you need to know for step one broken down by the same way first aid for the boards breaks down topics. So the idea is that if there's anything you want to know about, like you said, the complement system that maybe you're confused about or uh, you're having an exam on, you can go and I've got a 20 minute video or so that will sort of explain it to you in my way of explaining it and try to hit the high yield points and hopefully that's helpful to you. And I've heard from a lot of people obviously that it is. Uh, Dr. Ronnie, if you don't mind, from your perspective, what would be your recommendation? How should students use or utilize uh, Boards and Beyond, and, and what would be your recommendation in terms of when they should start using first year, second year, that sort of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. I get that question a lot. So when I built it, I envisioned it as uh, like a, a library, and whatever topic you were confused on, you could go and watch a video. I've come, I get a lot of requests from people saying, but how do I use it? You know, what's the best way? Um, and nobody likes this answer, but there really isn't one perfect best way. I think it, it has a lot of material that is covered in a typical first year curriculum like biochemistry, like immunology. So you certainly can use it first year. And I don't think that's a bad idea because you'll see the video once and then it'll stick in your mind when you come back to review it uh, second year. It is geared towards the board. So for example, if you don't know this already, boards always try to make everything clinically relevant. 
sometimes it's a stretch. They ask you about an, a ridiculously rare disease uh, too many times that you'll never see in clinical practice, but it's because that disease is, is the result of a deficiency of one particular enzyme or something along these lines. So in the videos, I throw all these things in there. You know, when I talk about the complement system, I stop and tell you about what happens if you're deficient in one of the complement proteins. Those are very rare syndromes. Unlikely you'll ever see one in your career unless you're a specialist uh, at a tertiary care center. But I mention that because that's the way it's going to come up in the boards, a child who's sick and what could be causing that. And you need to recognize that they're missing a complement protein. So I do that for all the videos, biochemistry, immunology. So you can use them first year. Um, and, and I think they will give you a, a nice overview. They will probably give you a little more pathology than you might get into in the first year. So I know that Boards and Beyond is considered like one of the most comprehensive uh, resources for studying for boards, but I'm wondering how how comprehensive is it? Like if someone mastered everything that you talked about in all those videos, what kind of shape would they be in uh, come time to, st- come yeah. time to uh, take their step one exam? Yeah, I mean, that's a question I get a lot too. And believe me, I would love to tell you Watch my videos and you'll get a 260, but that would be a lie. <laughs> so it's got all the major topics that are important for step one and all the major subtopics by first aid. So I think it can really give you a strong foundation for step one. Um, mm-hmm. However, to do well in step one is not just your foundation. You also need to drill a lot of practice questions. You need to spend some time reading textbooks to get a little bit of a deeper level. And then also the hardest part for step one for a lot of students is questions will ask you to apply something. It's not just rote memorization. You'll read a question. You'll say, I know this. I've studied this disease. But the answer that you think is the answer is not there on the page. And, you know, and what they're doing is yeah. they're asking you to twist it in your mind and apply it in a way different than what you've seen before. And there's no way my resource or any resource can prepare you for all of those types of questions. Those just come from thinking about the material, seeing it from different sources in different ways, and getting it in your mind to a place where you really have a stronghold on the concept so that you can manipulate it during the exam. I mean, I've heard, let's, if we talk about first aid, I mean, I, I would argue that everyone, or mostly everyone, probably uses first aid to study for step one. And I've heard that it's obviously incredibly high yield, but it doesn't have, like, everything you need to know. Does, board and, does Boards and Beyond go um, <laughs> beyond first aid? No pun intended. <laughs> does it go beyond first aid or go to, into a little more depth than first aid does as far as I think I think it does because first aid will have a sentence like uh, this biochemistry pathway and an arrow and a disease and that's not nearly enough for you to be able to answer questions about that pathway and that disease on the boards so necessarily in order to make you help you understand it I have to go into greater detail and sometimes even go off on tangents But, you know, really, at the end of the day, this is so obvious, I feel embarrassed to even say it, but, you know, if you you understand the concept, it's much easier to get questions right. If you've just memorized it, it's harder. If you've memorized it, you may get some questions right if they're not that hard. But if you really understand the concept, you're in a better position. So I try to craft my videos so that they give you an understanding, not just a this equals this kind of thing. Would it, would it be a, a mistake to solely rely on the material on boards and beyond? Are there, 
Are there uh, traps or, or rope things that uh, students fall into when using your material, do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think so. So uh, uh, this is something, I'm going to say something to you that a lot of faculty say, and it drives students nuts, but you should <laughs> sometimes read the textbooks. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, over the years, I've mentored a lot of students, and I've noticed some things among the ones that seem to be really sharp on the wards and seem to get high board scores, and so I've just sort of noticed those patterns. And a lot of the students that do really well do read the textbooks. They, you can't open a chapter in Robin's Pathology and read it and learn the heart. It's too dense. Uh, you know, it's really not, it's not even, it's a shame that it gets uh, uh, recommended as a primary resource because I don't think you can even read it till you have some general broad understanding. But I do think after you've watched Boards and Beyond, you should look at those other resources like Costanzo for Physiology or, uh, um, or Robbins uh, at some point and, and just sort of, you don't have to memorize everything in them, but read through and make sure you understand what they're talking about. So I would say that's one sort of pitfall is uh, thinking that any board review resource has everything you need to know and that you don't need to use the primary resources like uh, textbooks and things like that. Well, I've kind of heard that over time, the the review books have kind of become like the primary learning books in a way. It's right? true. I mean, yeah. Like I use the board review series, you know, to learn a lot of the material in class. But that's like a I mean, it's board review. Right. So. And I think it's OK. I, I used to do that, too, when I was a medical student. They had we didn't have most of the resources you have today, but there were the, the BRS series. And I used to read that, too. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but, you know, don't I, I do think it's a mistake to never read the textbooks, especially the right. ones that are sort of the gold standard, like Robbins and Costanzo. You know, it's really worth your while, I think, um, probably far out from your boards, not close to to spend some time with those texts because they're just the, the real deal. You know, they're written by the people mm -hmm. that do the research. Uh, that stuff is all peer-reviewed. It's 100% correct. You're never going to find an error in one of those books or very unlikely. Uh, and that's something you should spend a little bit of time with. Well, I've, I've noticed that from time to time you add some new videos. Like I think recently you added some uh, pathology videos to Boards and Beyond. Uh, are, are you planning on adding any more videos or how many more videos are you planning on adding? Pathology was the last major section of first aid that we didn't cover. Um, and I, that's because Pathoma is excellent and a lot of students use that. Um, right. But we got a lot of emails saying, I wish you had a pathology section too. And a lot of students I've I found like to watch Pathoma and watch Boards and Beyond because they see the material in two different ways and helps them get a better handle on it. So we added pathology to sort of round out the, the sections and have everything covered. Um, we may add a few small number of videos uh, going forward, because I sometimes get requests from things that students are struggling with, but but it's not going to be a whole section or anything like that. It'll just be adding a video here and there to a section that we already have. Well, I think one last question. If people are interested in Boards of Beyond, if they are considering it, what would you recommend they do in order to find out if Boards and Beyond is, is right for them? Yeah, there's there's about 20 sample videos on the site, so you can watch those to mm -hmm. see if you like the style. and. Uh, it gets posted about all the time. I know this because my students forward them to me, but on Reddit and student doctors, you can ask people there mm -hmm. for advice if there isn't someone at your own school who's used it. Um, uh, and then if you really want, you can buy like a one week subscription to just try it out. It's like 19 bucks and uh, get, see if right. you like it. Dr. Ryan, do you mind if I uh, ask you a question? No, please. So I was recently listening to, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Golian. Yes. Right. 
I was listening to him, and he he made mention that a lot of board like the questions that you're going to see on step are taken from material that's like germane, mm-hmm. uh, that like new publications, that sort of thing. Yeah. How on earth can we study for that? Yeah. Unless you're constantly reading the New England Journal of Medicine. And, yeah. And, I mean, it just seems crazy to me. But is that sort of the general consensus? I I mean, so I I work with a couple of faculty who write board questions for the USMLE. In fact, they invited me to do it, but I can't do it because I have a board review site. It's one of the rules. Um, There's stipulations. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, they pull from all sorts of resources besides just current publications. And at least the the people I know, I don't even think they subscribe to New England Journal, you know. So each person that writes for the boards, you know, has different resources they pull from. So I don't don't think it's worth trying to game the system and, you know, be a step ahead of the question writers. Um, It seems to me more like a fool's errand because, uh, I mean, I've had them email me and say, can you send me an EKG with X on it for the board? So, you know, that's not that's not going to be in the New England Journal. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I just saw one in clinic here. It's this patient. And they go look it up. So uh, I wouldn't spend too much time trying to do it. It's probably true that some question writers pull from current publications, but. Okay. Stick with the high yield. I, yeah, I would stick with the bread and butter. You know, if you know renal physiology, whatever's in the New England Journal, you're going to be able to answer the question about it. Right. Well, um, I'm going to wrap up this uh, first episode, this part one. Uh, so I just want to thank you for uh, being on the podcast, Dr. Ryan and Ryan. Thank you both so much.